Welcome to Hachzeik, the Daily Musar Impact Initiative. Hello, my students, friends, and welcome back to Hachzeik, our daily Limud of Mrs. Sharm. We are up to day number 56 today as we work through the Midah of Nikias. Previously on Hachzeik, we went through the first few sins of uh, We spoke that the Ramchal is highlighting as things that we need to clean ourselves out from. We spoke about Rechilos and Lashon Hara. We spoke about uh, making sure not to give bad advice. And um, we spoke about hurtful speech. And now uh, we will continue talking about hatred and revenge, which we started yesterday. Uh, and we'll wrap that one up. Uh, and we'll, we'll also cover today the idea of, of, of shvuas, of oaths, that we take, um, that we need to be very careful with when it comes to B'dan Lachavero as well. So, Vaitre today. Zakt, the holy Mesil Shavu Along the same lines that we were discussing yesterday around revenge and um, bearing a grudge. The essence of what it means to take revenge and bearing a grudge is very well known. What's the difference? When it comes to taking revenge, it's not only to actively harm someone who harmed him, but even refers to not, refers to withholding good from someone as in response to them doing bad, something bad to you. To one who refused to act nicely to you and to do to good for you. Or that harmed you previously so that you withhold doing good to them. It's not just taking revenge and actively doing something. It's even withholding good. When a tira, when it comes to bearing a grudge, what does that mean? So that, no, he's, he's not being taking revenge, right? He's, he's doing the good. The person harmed him, and, he, and, he, and then he asks him for a screwdriver, and he's like, no, I'll give it to him. But when he gives it to him, he says, like, I'm being nice, unlike somebody who wasn't so nice that time that thing happened, right? That's what it means to bear a grudge. It's still holding in your heart. You're not acting upon it necessarily or withholding goodness from the person as a result, but you're still bringing it up. You're still bearing a grudge. You're still holding that hatred, that pain in your heart, and you're expressing it. And now the Ruchal's going to talk about how the guitar is, is, is very good at uh, trying to pull us into taking revenge and bearing grudges, and what the Torah does in response. Since we know the Yitzhara is constantly firing us up, martiach, right, roseach, it's like, in flames, they're boiling up, firing up our heart. And it always seeks to make sure, like, not to fully, we shouldn't fully forget from our heart what, what the evil, the bad that people did to us. Leave, at least leave us something. Always remember a little bit. And if you're not able to remember it fully, at least a small bit, right? They try to make sure, these are like, you know, don't forget about that. That, they, that person wronged you, hold on to that. And if we were like, no, I don't want to hold on to it. It's not good to bear a grudge. I don't want to take revenge. I don't want to bear hatred in my heart. These are still, well, still don't fully get rid of it, like we said yesterday, which is ideal. Just, eh, hold on to a little bit. Just a little bit. Yomar Derech Masha in response to the Torah, tells us that the Yitzhara the, the, the will, for example, tell a person, if you really still you want to go ahead and give this person that thing, even though they, they themselves refuse to give you that thing when you needed it, at least when you give it to them, don't do it with a, the smile. Oh, or if you don't, um, if we're talking about someone that actually did something bad to you and you want to, and you're you're being drawn to do something bad to him, you don't want to actually harm him, at least. Tell you if you refuse to to, to 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 take revenge and actually do something evil in return, at least don't do something really good for him. 
don't give him a big help in something that he needs. Let's say you really do want to assist him greatly in something that he needs help with. At least don't make sure he doesn't know about it, or at least don't do it in front of him, which would make it seem like, yeah, forgive and forget, it's all good. Make sure he doesn't find out about it, or do it behind him when he's not looking. Or maybe the Yitzhara will say, at least don't go back to the way things were and become his friend again. Or if you have forgiven him to the point that you no longer appear to him as an enemy, that's, that's enough. Like you, you're, you're not glaring at him every time. You know, it doesn't mean you have to be come, come, come friends with him again. And if you insist on even becoming friendly with him again, you don't need to reinstate the closeness that you had originally. Uh, just be friends with him, but not not as much. Not like it never happened, but like somewhat of a friend, but not not as good as it was before. The Yitzhar has all these different strategies to tactics us to try to get us to to hold on to this this hatred in our heart that would impact us from fully removing it and thereby fully engaging with this person as if nothing bad happened at all and we just want to do good for them like we should want to do good for every Jew the Yitzhara uses all these strategies in order to seduce us to seduce our hearts in order to bear that hatred inside us therefore the Torah comes and says to us and this is a general rule in Sefer Yikra, right after the Pesukim talking to us about the Isser, the, the sin of taking re- uh, revenge and bearing a grudge. Love your friend, your fellow, as yourself. When it says Kamocha, it means as yourself. Love them as yourself with no difference at all. Without any distinction between you and him. Without any ruses or machinations, as our scroll says, against him. Without, without any negativity against him. The same way you wouldn't hate, hopefully, a healthy person does not hate and think of self-sabotage, um, ways of sabotaging themselves. Same thing with, with your friend. Exactly the same. Kamocha mamish. Exactly like yourself. Example, a famous example, Arthur mentions over here. If you mamish see your friend like yourself, so then let's say, someone is cutting, you know, some cucumbers, and they, and they slice their, their left hand, they're cutting with it, right? They slice the left hand. They're not going to then say, um, oh, right hand, how dare you cut the left hand. The left hand takes revenge on the right hand, grabs the knife and cuts the, the, the right hand in response. It's yourself. It makes no sense. You love your left hand just like your right hand. It's, it's ridiculous to, to think that way. That that's that's the extent of the Torah trying to tell us that we should see our friend. See your friend as yourself. Same way you wouldn't take revenge on yourself. Don't take revenge on your friend either. In, in that same way. And just agav. Before we go back to there, just to wrap up this idea of uh, very strongly. Right after that pasuk, in that pasuk itself, the next words in the pasuk are ani Hashem. I heard a vart from, from Rabbi of mine in OJ many years ago. Rabbi Safer, I think was his name. Beautiful yet. He said, we're, we're seeing the Torah tell us, love your friend like yourself. And you think to yourself, well, you know, maybe I'm worthy of being loved to that extent because I know that I'm such a great guy. But this guy, like, you know, he's, he, he doesn't seem to be the best guy. And I may have absolute proofs. It could be it's in the papers. It could be the guy's in jail. I don't know. Like, I'm supposed, supposed to love him like I love, like I love myself that, to that very extent. Is that reasonable? Comes the Pesach says, Ani Hashem. You think you're perfect? Yan Hashem clearly still loves you. He lets you get up in the morning. He opens your eyes in the morning. He lets you breathe. He lets you eat. He lets you walk. 
whatever milas everyone has, everyone has some, something to be thankful for that clearly, as Hashem is saying, I still love you with all your imperfections. So that's what Hashem is saying. We have to kamocha ani Hashem. We have to love your friend kamocha ani Hashem. The same way I love you, Hashem says. The same way that I unconditionally love you, no matter what. So too you should love your friend. I just want to throw that in there. Beautiful part that I remember from many years ago. It has to have been an impactful part because I remember it after all these years. Right there, we're going to go into the next sin uh, of human interaction regarding shvuos, regarding oaths, and we're going to finish that up for for the day. Ulama shvuos when it comes to oaths, sins regarding shvuos. Afalpisha min hastam kol sheino min haediotos nishmar mehotzi shem shemayim mepivla matala. Even though in general, someone is in general, generally speaking, unless. And, and unless someone is, you know, foolish, they're not going to go out and say Hashem's name in vain and make swears and take shvuos with Hashem's name. Kolshikim b'shvuos. Certainly, not even shvuos, just stam saying Hashem's name. So certainly, when it comes to swearing, to swear with Hashem's name, would, someone wouldn't just do that. But even beyond that, there there are other offshoots of what a shvuah is that we still need to be careful about. Even though they're not from the very extreme, severe ones, that we would that probably Zahiris would probably prevent us from that, right? The the earlier midah of Zahiris, of, of recognizing what's good and what's bad and m- making our choices based on that, we would come to that through Zahiris, we would know, okay, don't take Hashem's name in vain, don't swear falsely. That's an extreme thing, right? But beyond that, it's like the avak shvuas, so to speak, that we saw by Lashon Hara. There are other offshoots that are a little more subtle, let's say. It's still fit for someone that wants to be a real naki, a real cleanly, clean person when it comes to shvuas, to guard yourself from this also. This is what it says in, in Chazal and Shavuos. Omar Rabbi Elazar, love Shavuah. Saying no is considered a swear, an oath. Behein Shavuah, and saying yes is also considered an oath. So meaning if someone says to you, oh, can you, do me a favor, can you, can you go to the store and pick this up for me? So you say yes. So it comes Rabbi Elazar and says, he says, that's considered a swear, you're swearing. It's an oath it's a, that, that you have to be, you're bound by. Same thing with no. If you say no, then that's also a swear. Omar Rabbi says, who the Amar love love Trey Zimne. No, just saying it once is not considered a, a strong enough statement to make it into a, a shvu an oath that you're held accountable for. That's only true if you say it twice. Or you say yes, yes twice. Then you're making a clear statement. I'm committed to this. It's an oath. But if you just say it once, comes Rava. Not the case. So it says about Messiah, the Hin said that. When it, when in, in the context of about making sure we've discussed this before. Uh, by stealing, the idea of, of the measurements, how you have to be very careful that the weights that you used to measure in the marketplace were were accurate and honest. It says, and an honest hin, the hin tzedek, you shall have. And say for Yikra, a hin is a measurement. So the Puzzle already said, the eifa tzedek, that an honest eifa, you need to make sure to have. And a hin is included within an eifa when it comes to the measurements. The, the hin is 12 lugin, and an eifa is 72 lugin. So if an eifa needs to be honest, so certainly a hen has to be honest, right? So it seems to be extra. So come to and tell us in, in the Gemara Shavuos, I'm sorry, in the Gemara Mabetzia, Sheyehei love shalacha tzedek. This is to teach you that your no should be tzedek, should be honest. Vehein shalacha tzedek. And your guesses should be honest. Hold hold yourself to, to that standard to make sure whenever you say yes, you mean it. And when you say no, you mean it. So it's a it's a drush on the words vehein tzedek, though the word hen is the same notion of, as hain, which is yes, and that should be said. That should be 
righteous. You should be, you should be careful and make sure. And this is why you hear people a lot. They'll say something, even though they don't say, I swear I will do X. They say, oh yeah, are you, are you, are you, are you, you you're coming to mini tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, bleed neither. Or can, can you do me a favor? Can you can you drop this thing off for me by my friend's house? Sure, bleed neither. I'll take care of it later. later. We say bleed neither. It, it's become part of our vernacular. Why? Some people may think it's a silly thing. But no, there's even a shade in the Gemara that says just saying the word yes is considered an oath. And what comes with an oath is, okay, now that you're bound by that and you have to do a, a Taurus and Darm, which we all do every year, partially, I think, is because the reason why it's so everyone does a Taurus and Darm before Yom Kippur every year, because all these. Um, enough of Shavuos, we may be doing all the time, according to certain teachings of the Gemara, we're probably making oaths all the time that we need to make sure we nullify, because we don't realize that we're actually taking an oath. So that's the idea, when we say Belin Neder, it's a way to be a real Nucky um, in the area of oaths, and Halavai, we should be Zoha, to be careful with our with our mouths when it comes to making commitments, we should we should stick to our commitments, and and we should we should become accustomed to saying the phrase Belin Neder, just to make sure that we're covered, um, and we don't commit to something and then and then not and not stick with it. So Halavai, we should be Zoha, and looking forward to continuing our journey through Nikias together. Lachai, my friends, have a wonderful day. You have been listening to a shear by Hachzeik. If you have been impacted, please share with others. For the daily shear, please visit Hachzeik.com or call 516-600-8080.